Will, thank you very much for joining Walk in the Warp. Will, you are, you've created something out of nothing, really. You know, you, you are the first in your role, you're head of sustainability. It's, you're starting us on a journey, um, which is an exciting one. Tell us about the journey you're taking us through as a company. Yeah, thank you, Dominic. So where we are is uh, we actually have a pretty strong track record of the environment historically. And when it comes to our operations, we've managed to reduce our carbon footprint by over 60% in five years, really focusing on our data centers. That's amazing. What a figure. Our, yeah, it's fantastic. And really just energy efficiency, data center optimization. So I think often energy efficiency has got a bad rap, right? Images of overzealous uh, people coming around, turning off lights after you. Uh, <laughs> showers that showers maybe, that last two minutes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Notes monitors on unnecessarily. But actually sometimes small differences can yield huge results. And I know that sometimes it's a real fertile ground for innovation and just discovering new things. Some of our colleagues have spotted stuff like big equipment in the data centers, which is surrounded by fans to cool those equipment. But those fans and the default settings of those fans are too high. And they've noticed that by looking at configurations and they've managed to make those reductions. And so seemingly small innocuous things make big differences. So yeah, as a business, we focus a lot on energy efficiency, energy management, looking at our data centers, and we've done a really great job that the technical team have done, and they have to be uh, you know, applauded for that. But I think now we've come to realize that we live in a, in a new age. Uh, there's newer expectations, newer demands on us, and particularly to look at our entire end-to-end -end business and how we operate. And so that's really the focus of, of where we are now. We've created uh, an environmental policy, and we did that by looking at you know, all of our big impacts on the environment. So where, where do we have a negative impact, but also where can we create a very positive contribution? And off the back of that, we've got four key pillars that we work towards. First is what we call our carbon, you know, our greenhouse gas emissions. How do we tackle those? How do we successfully take that same way that we've tackled them in our direct operations? and bring it to our entire business. So everything from how we purchase our products, our supply chain, to how our customers use our equipment, the electricity that they use to power our routers, our setup boxes, you know, surprisingly takes quite a large percentage of our emissions. So how do we take steps to tackle that? Our second area is our materials. So building on that, you know, think about all those millions of devices that go out every year, the plastics, the precious and rare metals that go into those. How do we make the best meaningful impact there and embrace what's often called the circular economy? So circular ways of design and driving up refurbishment, reuse of products. Our third area is our people. How do we give our people the training, the guidance, the tools they need to make those sustainable decisions, as well as the means and modes to uh, do their work in a sustainable fashion. So commuting more sustainably, working from home more sustainably. And then the fourth and final area is our community. So we really believe that there's a huge opportunity for our network to help our end customers, whether they're business customers or residential customers, decarbonize. You know, uh, a, a strong, powerful connectivity network can help with smart meters, smart uh, systems, which can help uh, in turn help reduce energy costs. And of course, let's look at the last 
18 months of the pandemic, you know, people switched en masse to using the internet to work from home. And that in turn drove down significantly commuting based travel emissions. So that's a really good example of what the internet can do to help uh, the UK decarbonize and hit its 2050 net zero goal. Okay. So winding back to all the things that we have done already, it seems that they've been driven a lot by, by our employees, by our colleagues. You're spotting opportunities and their sort of day-to-day work. Yes, that's right. So that's why it's so important that we work with our, you know, that we help to educate our employees, help to give them the tools that they need to go further and go faster. So, yeah, we've seen lots of innovation like that. You know, we've also seen uh, adoption of uh, things like, you know, take up of our cycle scheme and ways that people can work more or commute more sustainably. So yeah, overall, our, our employees have uh, obviously continued to make a really huge uh, impact on us tackling our carbon footprint. And particularly now, as we look at our supply chain, look at our um, our products and services, it's it's absolutely vital that they uh, we work together with them. So, so you you spoke about the first thing is our carbon footprint and how we're moving from our own operations, which we've done some really good work in, into if you want our external footprint, which we have less control over, I guess, you know, what our suppliers do, what our customers do, the logistics of, of, our, of our whole business. How do you go about trying to influence that much, much greater circle of, of organizations and people? Yeah, I think it's not that straightforward as other business imperatives or requirements, right, for that very reason. And I think that's why maybe historically, some companies will have struggled with that. And I think the first thing we all have to say is we're all starting from a, uh, a relatively similar position and we don't all have the answers. Uh, within the supply chain, there will be some companies who are very far advanced that we work with that have climate goals, they have steps to, uh, to reduce those emissions, and we will, in a sense, benefit from those. And there's other companies that we would love to help to get their uh, data in place so that they can you know, provide the measurements we need, which in turn means it gives us the fuller picture of, of where we are. So yeah, so we need to collaborate with other businesses, I guess. So those, those are suppliers. And I guess you, what you're talking about are some of the smaller suppliers that we have, which every company has, which won't necessarily have, have, have thought, or it won't have been a priority, or they won't have the capability to measure their environmental footprint. And we, what, we can help them do that because of the work we've done ourselves? Look, I think we can help them you know, just in terms of our conversations and how we, how we speak with them, how we engage with them. What about how our customers use the internet? That's, I mean, there's, there's, there's been clear environmental benefits, haven't there, over the pandemic of people not traveling as much, people not taking planes, people not using carbon intensive modes of transport and being replaced, replacing with video meetings or, or whatever. Um, what's that cause? I guess there is always the fact that High-speed internet does encourage um, the use of, you know, that people do more with it. So, that, you know, they get delivered parcels or or whatever. And there's the energy, the energy intensity of of servers and data centers as well. So it's not entirely a free ride, is it? How do we sort of educate our customers to make those so changes or to think of the environmental impact of 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 using data and using the internet? Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting points to bring out of that overall challenge, which is consumption is growing. You know, more and more data, our data is growing 40% year on year in terms of usage. 
And usually you would expect that once consumption grows, you know, emissions grow because there's more stuff out there. And that means, you know, a, a process to, to create that stuff. What we've seen on the network side so far is a breaking of the chain or the link, which is, you know, our data usage you know, within the UK has obviously risen up exponentially or very significantly, but the emissions are actually falling. You know, certainly we talked about our operations where our emissions are falling and they've fallen by over 60%. So our own operations and data centers, but they'll also continue to fall across, you know, our entire uh, scopes. So the link has been broken. And I, and I think the, the valid question is to ask, well, why, you know, why, why did that happen? We're incentivized to have energy efficiency, right? You know, energy efficient kit, typically, uh, you know, newer kit often works better, delivers better quality service for customers. It also saves us uh, money and we are a value player. So we're keen to ensure that. And then on top of that, you know, we fuel that uh, network through renewable energy. And so we, we're on a renewable energy contract. And so that means that our emissions continue to go down. So that's one of the key reasons is energy efficiency and renewable energy is breaking that link between the, the growth of consumption. And, you know, in fact, we did a piece of work with the UN, uh, which will go to the COP26 festival, which is the, so the, the climate change uh, conference uh, in Glasgow in November. And in that uh, report, uh, we looked at how the globally, the telecom sector can get to net zero by the 2040s. And that whole point, energy efficiency and uh, renewable energy was up to 80% of the contribution. So it really is such a, a, an important part of the jigsaw. And then, you know, one other part about people leading their lives digitally and on the internet is obviously the devices or e-waste, right? Which is the proliferation of electronic devices. You know, some of them are provided by TalkTalk -talk routers, set-top boxes to empower the services. Others are obviously all those devices that they use. And so again, you know, I would look at and think about um, as, as customers out there, what can they do with these devices once they are no longer in use? Can they be given a new home? And so for us, certainly, you know, as, as a telecom provider, we're really keen to get back uh, equipment. So you know, if, if you're leaving TalkTalk Talk as a customer or if you're upgrading, we're really keen to have that equipment back because we are able to refurbish it. We're able to give it a new home, give it a new lease of life the vast majority of the time and will still work up to the standard and product that's required. And in our own data, it's 18 times more carbon effective, or let's call it more carbon efficient, to uh, refurbish a, a device than to manufacture a new one. You, you referred to the fact that we're a value player and that energy comes at a cost. So I guess that our stars align, don't they, particularly at TalkTalk, Talk, with energy efficiency. They, they really, it really should be baked into what we do as a company because, you know, especially in an era right now of, of soaring energy costs. Yes, that's, that's right. So it's an easy business case and an easy uh, win for us to continue focusing on our uh, energy efficiency. Um, we have a, an ISO, which is sort of a, a standard. So we, we do keep to energy efficiency and we're continuing to, and we have even further drops that will hopefully be announced this year even further savings. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're obviously very aware of the macro context, but we, we've been doing this for years regardless anyway. So tell me about the end of this year, so November, we've come to a big moment where we've been focused on other things for much of the time, but we're, we're, we've got the COP conference in Glasgow. What do you think that means for a company like us? 
Yeah, so the COP conference will obviously bring together a whole range of different actors and, and people, but the primary purpose is to bring together uh, the global political leaders to uh, come together and hopefully agree a new set of goals and targets for decarbonizing the global economy. So obviously, hopefully that works you know, really well and we've got a successful outcome. I, I would say that even if there isn't a new agreement, something akin to the Paris Agreement, that there's a huge amount of momentum and you know, regulation in the UK that will affect UK businesses, also in the EU that will affect EU businesses. So I think that this is obviously incredibly important, but it doesn't mean that if there's not a successful political outcome, because we can't predict that, 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 that means it's the end of it. It's clearly um, a topic that's here to stay. So uh, obviously, we hope for the best there. Uh, for, for us as a, as a business, we'll be attending events in and around Glasgow at the time to talk about what we're doing. Um, our managing director, Jonathan Kinney, is, chairs a task force of businesses called the Net Zero Task Force within business in the community. And we've created a range of different documentation to help businesses on all aspects of the journey from you know, setting targets to dealing with the supply chain, all those aspects of how uh, we decarbonize. So being at the COP is really important because it's a, a time when people will come together to discuss and hopefully find ways uh, through common challenges of how to reduce our, our impact on the environment. Yeah, and I, I think you know, the, the UK government has obviously, as president of the, the COP this year, but also just in the background, have set some really challenging targets for themselves of how they will decarbonize. And, and we believe that you know, one of the products that uh, we bring to market, the full fiber or fiber to the premise, can help in that, can help uh, decarbonize because it, it creates a backbone uh, and enables maybe like remote working, uh, it enables all these uh, things like smart meters, smart sensors, uh, you know, so a high, high speed, reliable uh, connectivity is at the, the heart of that can help them maybe level up, uh, which is part of the UK government agenda without necessarily resorting to, you know, heavy carbon intensive infrastructure uh, de developments. So, you know, we see that as very positive and we've also done our own research, which we've just recently published, which showed that the, uh, we believe that the FTTP or fiber to the premise network uh, will be significantly more energy efficient, up to 80% more than traditional copper lines. Uh, you know, the mix of new equipment, meaning the ability to reduce the exchanges, uh, fewer engineers on the road fixing kind of older networks will have a really positive impact on emissions and energy efficiency. So not only will the network be positive for the UK economy in terms of leveling up at a less carbon intensive way, but also the network itself will be uh, more positive than its uh, previous legacy version. Smart, smart homes should provide even more energy efficiency in future, I guess. Is, is, that, is that your view? That's where we're going as a company. We've got full fiber. We've got a partnership with Amazon's Eero, which allows connected devices everywhere. Do you see efficiency as a result of that? Yeah, in a, in a word, yes. So that would be the, the, the idea is that how can uh, we help customers to you know, manage their energy bills through you know, high-speed connectivity as, as we look forward when people have their own generation on, uh, you know, their own potentially solar or uh, other types of on-site generation, so to speak, in customers' homes or EV charging. Again, all of these services operate within connectivity, right? So they all require internet access. Uh, they all use that for monitoring for energy efficiency. So, uh, you know, internet in the home is obviously already a fairly ubiquitous product 
for, for UK populace, but, but will become ever more vital in reaching net zero goals. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.